and welcome to the Positional Sports Talk Show post. Live streaming on Facebook Live, Twitch, our Positional Sports Talk Show YouTube channel, and coming to you soon. Podcast near you. We are a sports talk show made for the fans from the perspective of fans presented by lifelong sports fans. We will provide our opinions and positions on the hottest topics in sports this evening. My name is Big Reg, and I'm joined this evening by my partners in crime. How you doing this evening, J3? What's up, fellas? What's up, fellas? What's going on? Let's get it in. We got the professor in the building. What's going on, Professor J? How you feeling this evening? What's going on, Big Reg? I'm feeling great, everybody. I'm ready to get it in. Praise the Lord. Let's go. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. My man Ed is in the building. What's up, brother Ed? How you feeling today, partner? I feel pretty good. Hope you guys feel pretty good, too. Um, Just ready to talk some sports. (laughs) And last but definitely not least, we can't call him a special guest anymore. Our recurring guest host. We got Sense in the building. What's going on, Sense? Been a minute. How you feeling, brother? Ah, uh, man, too long. What's going on, fellas? Good to be with you all again to talk some sports and, and other things. Let's get it. All right. This evening, we will start with our NBA season kickoff and our predictions for the season. NFL Week 15, College Football Championship Week in the College Football Playoff Final Four. Our post takes us other topics that caught our attention. And of course, our final post of the evening. We appreciate you all tuning in. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the post on the Position on Sports Talk Show channel. So it's a little past seven, and the NBA basketball season is literally getting ready to tip off in a few minutes on TNT tonight. Starting off with the Golden State Warriors. Warriors. Welcome to teammate. Kevin Durant and his Brooklyn Nets, and they follow that up by the Los Angeles Clippers having to sit and watch the mm. Los Angeles Lakers get their rings tonight. Mm. They might blow that out. <laughs> you see it? Cold-blooded. And then we follow that up by Christmas Day. The NBA is bringing us a five-pack of bangers. Starting it off, we got Lakers, Mavs, Clippers, Nuggets, Nets, Celtics, Warriors, and Bucks, and Pelicans versus Heat. So I mean, they they starting off hard in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But before the season gets started, or as the season gets started, we got to talk about what the post crew thinks the NBA 2020-2021 season is going to turn out. We got to start off with the Western Conference. We got to start off with the champions, the Los Angeles Lakers. Not only are they looking to repeat, they locked up their three big, big people for long-term deals. So you ain't got to worry about is anybody going anywhere? They bought in some new additions. Are we going to get a Lakers repeat and LeBron get to five? Well, as Ed says in football, it all depends on how healthy they are at the end of the season, bro. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Speak on I it, agree. fellas. I agree 100%. I agree. Come on, Sense. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. It's definitely based on health, which is why I'm glad LeBron is pacing himself 
Like, I mean, he's going to, you know, go full throttle like he normally does. But I think in the back of his mind, he knows that it's a marathon, not a sprint. So he's not going to. And plus, it's a sh- this, this is like one of the sh- shortest seasons in like North American professional like sports history. So he ain't going to, you know, go like ham off the break. This is he knows it's a marathon, not a sprint. He knows he wants to be right back in July now is when they um saying the championship will be. And uh he's uh seeing bigger things right now. So I don't know. The way PG thirteen talking, they now gonna be able to make some adjustments. We got a chip on your shoulder. Man, they might start tonight. They might be like, go and get y'all little rings. We about to blow y'all out tonight. So we gonna see, they gonna send a message. Don't <laughs> <laughs> worry about not hitting backboards. <laughs> really, <laughs> Professor. Really? Nah, not really. It's, it's, it's going to come down to what uh, LBJ can do as long as they stay healthy, like we just said. I think with them re-upping Kuzma and really putting some solid pieces, they got Montrez Harrell and all of that, man. They look real solid now. I mean, it's like, what are you going to do with this team when it come, becomes playoff time? I think they're deep. I mean, they definitely are coached well. And, of course, you know, as long as the injury bug doesn't hit them, they should be fine. Yeah, you're going to have Denver still there. You're going to have Utah still there. And even the Clippers might do a little bit. But all in all, they, they, should, they should handle the Western Conference. Well, hold on, partner. Hold on. Don't, don't sleep on Denver and definitely don't sleep on uh... – um, Utah. I mean, they both played very well in the playoffs. Yeah, so I sleep on. I, I'm sure that they they're going to come back even stronger than they they left off because of the fact that they got more time to jail and they're definitely hungry. Yeah, that's not the issue. I'm not selling them short by any stretch of the imagination. But when you start talking about playoffs, you start talking about what the Lakers have now. You can't tell me that this team, that this version of this team that they have now, once they jail, this team is better than what they just won the championship with two months ago. And we ain't even talk about the dark horse, which is Taylor Horton Tucker. I mean, you've seen him in the preseason. All the like noise that folks have been uh, saying about him is real. So, you mean the person that LeBron told uh, his buddy to look out for in high school, and he happens to be also a clutch management coincidental representative. Hmm. So, yeah, LeBron pulling some strings. But let's talk so, about the other team. Oh, I'm so, sorry. Go ahead, Ed. Go ahead, Ed. Yeah, yeah. What just a couple things real quick on the Lakers that that, I, that I, I'm concerned with, and this is league wide, uh, league wide. I don't know how everyone's going to handle um, uh, disruptions due to COVID, um, and so again, uh, that plays into the health factor. And number two, I think one of the big advantages the Lakers had last year was their was overwhelmingly size advantage with um, with the backup with the center combination with Howard and um, uh, Javale, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I agree with you on that one. They, they, their backcourt was definitely strong. Um, how they're going to be able to handle this this year? Hopefully, the uh, players will stay healthy, like you stated earlier. Yeah, yeah. The biggest I'm not too concerned about LeBron. I'm actually more concerned about Anthony Davis mm-hmm. for the Lakers because he's known to have injury problems. So we'll have to see with that, but. Um, before we move to the East, 
can the Clippers get past that terrible loss? Or will Utah, Denver, we can't forget Portland, and Mm-mm. everybody's sleeping on Golden State. I know Clay ain't there, but Golden State still got a real nice squad. Can somebody else come out the West? I actually see Dallas coming out of like being Ooh. maybe that possible threat because Ooh. I mean it depends on um Porzingis. Your boy always hurt. Yeah, Porzingis is always hurt. That's the only thing that holds them back. Now if they can pull off a trade like midseason or maybe try to work out a deal, who knows maybe for Harden, that <laughs> uh, you know, they could uh possibly make some noise in the West. I mean, you can't sleep on Denver like J three said. Utah, I'm definitely sleeping on, even though you gave Gobert that huge extension. I mean, you need more help. And Conley, even though he's solid, and when Bogdanovich is coming back, so I forgot about that. So they could possibly make some noise too, but um I, I have more uh confidence in Dallas. You didn't mention Mitchell. Uh, you forgot about Mitchell? I mean, that goes without saying. Mitchell goes without saying. <laughs> Spider. You can't forget Spider. Mm. Ed, you back? I'm back. Okay. Um, no, I was, I, yeah, I was just saying that I'm concerned that some, the loss of, of uh, the two centers uh, is going to affect them because I don't know how much Gasol has left. If Gasol has anything left, even 70% of what he was once upon a time, I think the Lakers are going to be just fine. Um, again, pending good health. I hear you. I hear you. So let's flip it over to the East. Real quick, then, before we go to the East, uh, Chris on, on on the chat said, "What about Memphis Grizzlies? Can't forget about Jer- uh, Jay Morant." We talk about titles. Football. We're not yeah. talking about fun teams to watch. They ain't ready. They're not going to compete. I think I think Dallas is in the same boat. I think mm-hmm. they're going. They're a wonderful team to watch, but I don't think they're ready to compete for a title yet. We didn't even talk about Phoenix though. Phoenix nah. is another great team to watch. They right. ain't ready for no title yet. Well, uh, well, not tight playoffs. At least we, they, but yeah, playoffs. We talk about who gonna win the conference and who gonna win the title. <laughs> oh my bad. Well, I understand. Mm-hmm. Eastern Conference. Can KD and Kyrie coexist? Time it's will tell. It's easy being boys from afar. You got to deal with each other every day for 82 games and blaming each other for who made the mistake and who in control. I don't know if that's going to work. So, so even before that, their injury is going to catch up with them even before that because Kyrie cannot stay healthy. He can't make a deep run into any postseason, what, in the last five years? I mean, if he gets hurt early, then maybe he'll be back soon enough. But we've seen his his show in Cleveland. We've seen his show in Boston. He's not a really good teammate. So, yeah, like you said, they might be bored off the court, but I don't think that translates well for them on the court. Yes, they can be great together, but I still think I need to see at least half of a regular season of Kevin Durant on that Achilles without any issues to see if he's still that same explosive player. And then Kyrie actually just has to finish a season. But I don't really think that they can do it. And then to hear them trying to be in the sweepstakes for James Harden, I think that would be a real disaster because he's mm-hmm. such all the air. All of them going on the ball. I don't know what they're thinking there. They're going to need a lot of sage. 
I tell well, you that. Well, <laughs> well, well first yeah, of all, pool. I mean, you think about it. I mean, Kevin Durant has played with uh with a uh, Harden before, so he knows his style. Um, and, and and Professor Jay, I totally agree. Kyrie doesn't like bad, he doesn't like to share. Well, yeah, but he doesn't like to share the ball. So if you get those three on the same team, it's just going to be like Westbrook, Harden, and uh and uh KD. It's not enough ball for everybody. So and I don't see that mixture told, working. J three, that might be yes, one of the reasons why he didn't stand OKC. James I agree. Harden, I'm talking about. Well, no, nah, he 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 left because of the money and because yeah, he wasn't getting the playing time. Enough. But right. we don't know I mean, yeah. what the ball situation was with them. Well, he was coming off the bench. I mean, and we, clearly he's a starter, so that could have been a, a, a huge factor as well. I mean, he shouldn't have been on the bench. We got you. We got you. So we all think we that, that's a to be determined. Can, can Doc Rivers finally get the best out of Embiid and Simmons? Can I Doc can. Rivers get past his own shortcomings or or issues with playoffs and turn around back in the east and get get philly to the eastern conference championship they'll be respectable but i don't think they'll be like you know in um title contention like conference uh conference finals yeah yeah but the problem with the the problem with philadelphia was you had two you had no shooters around your two best players who can't shoot well, I mean, MB technically is a center, and I mean, he's not really ne- technically supposed to be like an expert shooter. But, um, but as far and 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 Ben Simmons won't, he won't even attempt the jump shot. But what happened with Philadelphia is you st- they dismantled and they let their shooters walk away. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody raised an eyebrow when they gave nineteen million dollars to um, JJ uh, Reddick. And and when the, the minute he leaves, you know things deteriorate fast. Um, you got rid of uh, right. So they they got rid of a couple a couple a couple shooters. And if they do acquire some shooters, I think they'll be all right. I I, I still don't think they want to blow this team up. So this year, do you think Danny Green uh, being at it was uh, a help? No, Danny Green not consistent. His his shooting in the playoffs was abysmal. Horrid. Abysmal. That's why the Lakers were glad to see him walk. His time as that sharpshooter is over. But I want to ask you guys like this. Hold on. Y'all talking about Rondo was considered a a great shooter. Who? Rondo. No. Okay. No. He couldn't shoot when he was in Boston. Doc had Rondo running the point. So he can do some similar things with Ben Simmons, but like you guys say, surround him with some shooters, and then now you can start having that brand of offense that Doc could actually use to be able to develop him and develop how how they look. They brought in a they brought in a dead eye shooter. People just don't give him his respect. Seth Curry, Seth Curry. With, oh, yeah, yeah, the Sixers. Seth that Curry led the NBA. He yeah. led the NBA in three point shooting last right. season. Mm-hmm. But he's not as flashy as Steph, so people don't think about it. Seth can straight out ball, and if mm-hmm. Seth doesn't have to be the folk point and it's gonna get wide open shots, mm-hmm. Seth is gonna be dangerous. So yeah, I, I, that's gonna be interesting to see how that goes. I, I'd like to see what Dwight does too. That might you know be a help to them too. Maybe he gotta keep his head right first. 
Yeah, we're gonna leave the white alone for now until later in the season till we see how it works out. Yeah. Your boy Giannis got the bag five years, decides to stay in Milwaukee. Can the Bucks take the next step and at least win the East? Oh yeah. Brooklyn's standing in their way. Uh, but I can I, I mean with the addition of Holiday, I mean Holiday is not is not that is not going to make that much of an impact for them to 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 uh, move but forward. But he's that second star because Middleton wasn't doing it. I mean, Middleton I, I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. I'm just saying that uh, Holiday, yeah, he he's a piece, Middleton but can get hot. He can, but on one or two games, and then where's right. he at? Hey, Middleton doesn't play defense either. At least Holiday, you know, yeah, Giannis should have went somewhere else. In my opinion, Holiday Holiday plays defense, and Holiday's more of a true point guard. Holiday doesn't have to be a scorer. Now it's the difference. I think he can help that team and also bring some leadership to him. Time but, will tell. But look, we messed with Paul Pierce. I mean, Paul Pierce, PG-13, right? But Giannis mm. has a tendency to disappear in the playoffs, too. Oh, absolutely. Mm. We don't talk about that too much. Which is mm. why he shouldn't even be in talks for MVP. But the difference between Giannis and Paul George is Paul George had a, a bona fide star next to him to take some pressure off of him. Whereas <laughs> Joel Embiid, I mean, not Joel Embiid, but Giannis, Giannis. had nobody. Chris Middleton mm. is your number. If he's your number two yeah. uh, best player on your team, you in trouble. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, maybe he need to stop expending so much energy in the regular season trying to have the top record. Right. Get themselves into the playoffs, and then he could start going beast mode. On. He needs help. True. Mm. We we will see. Period. Had they not botched up that Bogdanovich uh, sign and mm. trade, I bet. Right. Bogdanovich wasn't going to Milwaukee. <laughs> Everybody was saying he was going to Milwaukee, right. except for him. Nobody talked to him. He's That's like, I'm going to Milwaukee. <laughs> Come on, man. Chris, we ain't forget about the Heat. The Heat, the Eastern Conference champions. The question is, was that just a coincidence of the Heat fluke being in the bubble? where you had your young players who didn't have to play in front of crowds. Now they probably won't play in front of crowds, at least for the first half of the season anyway, but at least they were playing in the same place, never had to travel, same gym, same arenas, and they were able to flourish. And of course, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo led those young boys and made them. But can the Heat do that again? Yes. I yes. think they can, absolutely. Here's why around them, yeah, they can because they also added uh Bradley, which is like a, a, a lot of people ain't talk. That's a sleeper because he can definitely play defense plus shoot. Mm-hmm. So, but but irregardless of whether or not they've added anybody to their roster, the Heat play a structured style, and and I I think they that's why one of the reasons they did actually thrive inside the bubble is because it was like a structured setup, um, very regimented. But I don't think anything is going to change as far as the Heat is concerned. They're still going to go about, you know, in, in a methodical way of handling their business. They're not going to sway too far from the from the right, too far from the left. They're just going to keep grinding. And I just think that the confidence that the young, these young guys gained last year in that bubble, because Miami has a lot of, yeah, right. He, he, they have a lot of young guys on that team. Heck, 
uh, Adebayo, I don't even know if he's 23 years old. He might be 23. I, I, I'm not sure on I that. Think but, he just turned 24. Okay, so he's 24. Contract. But mm. that team is filled with young guys, and they they buy in 110 percent to the Miami Heat way, mm-hmm. right? Pat Riley's way. So I, I, I like the Heat. Getting, I, 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 I actually still like the Heat. I just don't see him getting past the Brooklyn though, again. But well, we but we but but think about it, Sam. We don't know what Bro- we don't know what Brooklyn is, and also right. does right. does Brooklyn have that mental and physical toughness you are gonna need to ro- to roll up on Miami? Do they have that? What about nah, we? What now, about the Celtics? Yeah, point, I yeah, I don't see. I don't think Brooklyn can match up with them. Uh, mentally. What about the Celtics? We're not gonna mention the Celtics. We're leaving them last, but not oh. least the Celtics and the Raptors. I was getting ready to say, got, okay, okay. You got two teams with the Raptors won a title, and then the Celtics. But for the past two years, they've lost all star level players mm-hmm. each year. I was just about to mention that the Raptors mm-hmm. lost two big pieces. Like mm-hmm. in this offseason. So. And, and the Celtics, I mean, we he he was hurt often, but with them losing uh, uh, the forward hey. to win the, to hey, Charlotte, Wood. Hey, Hayward. Wood. Hayward was a glue guy mm. that took some of the pressure off them young guys. He, he already I, injured. He, he wasn't a star. You, you're right. He already injured. But when he was played, he helped the Celtics play better. I, I'm just not sure the Celtics are ready and of course, you got your boy, uh, who's already hurt, who won't be um, back until late January. The point guard dealing with knee oh, walking, yeah. So, well, that's a maybe because there's there, there's some real concern about whether that not that knee is actually ever going to be healthy again. That's the I think that's the biggest issue with um with 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 the Boston Celtics is 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 Kemba's health. <laughs> Sorry, mm. uh, I got the monitor on back, and Kelly Oubre just threw down an outrageous mm. <laughs> putback dunk. <laughs> so, real quick, because we ran a little longer than expected for this. Each, everybody, J three, you start. Who wins the East? Who wins the West? Who wins the title? I'm gonna have to uh, give it to uh, Miami for the East. And for the West, uh, it's still a toss-up. I mean, I don't really see the Lakers going back like that. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna do something wild and crazy, you know. I'm gonna go with Denver. And who wins the title? I'm gonna go with Miami. Okay. And who you got? East West title. Heat Lakers Lakers. Heat East Lakers West Lakers title. Professor, who you got? I'm going to go Boston East, and I'm going to go Lakers West, and it's going to be the Lakers. Since who you got in the East? We know who you got in the West. (laughs) 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 Um, uh, Barring uh, injury, I'm going to go with Brooklyn for the East, and, of course, surprise, surprise, I'm going to go with Lakers for the West. And Lakers repeat, of course. Of of course. I'm going way against the grain. Giannis gets to the finals. And in the finals, they meet the Lakers. They give them a good go. It goes seven games. But LeBron gets number five. Wow. So, Ridge, in your scenario, if you can, real quick, how does Giannis get to the finals? Mm. Giannis beats 
the 76ers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Brooklyn Ooh. falls. Brooklyn falls apart <laughs> either by injury or by just Kyrie destroying teams as he's done at every place he's done. Which is possible. <laughs> and I think Doc proves to everybody that he's still a, a, a championship caliber coach, but can't get past Giannis because Giannis is going to be on a mission. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, well, let's move on to the NFL because, I mean, week 15 was really, really good. Before you fantasy football players out there, and I know we have a fantasy show that's coming up Thursday. <laughs> Before you guys out there, uh, there was some major injuries. Uh, Raiders quarterback Derek Carr, poor groin, most likely is out this week. Chiefs running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he hurt his ankle and his hip. He's probably done for the season. Uh, Rams running back Cam Akers, high ankle sprain. He's at least out week 16. So, I mean, those are some major things going on. But every time we think they're turning it around, the Washington football team does things like the Washington football team. Dwayne Haskins, after being benched, not demoted to second string, demoted to third string, only reason why he was a backup is because the guy who went in the first string got injured, so they put in a man who shouldn't probably be playing football at all, Alex Smith, the starter. Alex Smith hurts his calf, so Dwayne Haskins has a chance to prove, maybe not to Washington, but to any of the prospective 31 other teams that might be looking for a QB of the future or at least a good backup to, hey, I can be an NFL QB. And then what does he do after the game? Not only does he go to a strip club, which is against all the NFL protocols, gathering in places with a lot of people, going to clubs, he's in there without a mask and then posting on social media. Can, can, can I comment on that? Yeah, I was, I, you beat me to it, J3. Go ahead. Can, can I comment on that? <laughs> I, I truly believe... He did this because, first of all, he's he's crying for attention, and second of all, he's trying to leave the leave the team. There is no way in in the world you can tell me that he has the green light and he's going to try to expose his team doing something dumb like this. He's trying to leave his team. I, there's nothing else to to make me think that he's not. I had such high hopes for him. I really did. I really, really did. But. I got to agree with J3. This is him throwing a tantrum, you know, probably oh, because I was benched for Alex Smith. Well, your play, you know, was the reason why you were benched for Alex Smith. And then you doing this, it's just, you know, proves your immaturity and, 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 and ignorance and, and, and lack of consideration for your team. I'm not going to bury the young man um, for, 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 for going to the strip club and, and not wearing a mask because in his demographic, um, as, as far as his age group is concerned, um, I could see I could see a 23 year old doing something like this, um, and we have to we have to pause and remember that this man is is a is a young he's a kid, and if you remember, I mean, how many mistakes did 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 I make at 23 years old? Yeah, but um, you were trying to be a head of but, but a billion dollar corporation. But, but hold on, just because you get assigned a certain job, or just because you get assigned a certain salary, it doesn't make you mature. And if you don't have the proper structure around you, there's proper people around you, 
And if and 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 finally, if you don't listen, if you don't take that instruction or, or advice to to heart, then you're going to have incidents like these. Again, I'm not blaming the kid. The kid made a mistake. Hopefully, he can learn from it. And hopefully, he can. Hopefully, the mistakes that he that he can that he's been making uh, don't you know don't ruin his career. Um, because let's face it, I don't believe he was put in a, the proper place to thrive. But irregardless of that. Um, I just I'm, I'm just not going to bury a 23 year old for making a mistake. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and call <laughs> BS on that. Ed, and I'm going to tell you why, because I remember when I was 22 years old. And if you place me in a position where I could potentially be the face of a company, not not a not just a franchise. I was taught that there are certain things that you do and you didn't do. So this is why I'm not giving him a pass, because whether he's doing it on purpose or you want to say it's a sign of immaturity, he's been through enough stuff right now that he should have known better. Mm -hmm. Last year, he taken selfies on the sidelines when his team needed him in the game. He didn't even know. So Colt McCoy had to go in the game. OK, that's what you give a kid a pass for. I'm not giving him a pass for after a, a, a loss. It wasn't even a victory, but after a loss, you go out and you do this, and then you don't wear a mask, then you allow it to be on social media. This was either stupidity or it was purposeful. Either way, there's no excuse for it. So I'm not going to give him a pass for it. If he runs a red light, gets a speeding ticket, does something like that, yeah, those are things I would give him a pass on. But you are the, the quarterback of an NFL franchise. You only get 32 of those positions. You were moved in a position to show that you can perform. You then don't go out and do something like that. That just makes him look ridiculous, not just immature. But can't give him a pass on that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Real quick, just real quick. Think about this. This pandemic just didn't happen this past weekend. We've been going through this for the last 10 months. Right. So this is nothing new. So he knew how serious this COVID-19 is. So it's not like, again, it just happened. Come on, man. But J3, it's interesting what you just said. You said he knew how serious this is. I work beside people every day that don't believe it exists. They think it's a hoax. So I'm not, we don't know what camp this man is in. We, it, look, whether or not you believe it or not, there's 70 some, look, it, the, the country is divided on whether you believe it or whether you don't believe it. Regardless so of what you're not about that, it, though. This is so your job. If your job is mandating this, then you need to abide by, uh, by the rules. Point blank, period. You can't, you don't, how do you know this man plays by the same rules as you do since? It doesn't matter. It's his job that's telling him to. You're, you're like, right, man, but why right. should we give him a pass for right. it? He don't have to play by the rules that we do. This right here is clear cut and dry. Should you have been in a strip club? That's his priority. But then you in there with a mask off. You, you know that's against protocols of the league that you play in, your employer. And then you know it would be frowned upon if it yep. was even found out. But then you put yep. it on social media. Social media, right. So well, that tells you right there that he's looking for attention and that he's trying to leave a lot of Because there's no way if you was not trying to do this, you okay. wouldn't post it on okay. social media. Okay. Let's and remember this. Let's the league doesn't mess up, right? It don't look like they messed up. They should have bypassed them in Washington, too. And you're conscious let's, of what you're okay, doing. Let's just end this here. 
This wasn't the first time he got sanctioned. He got sanctioned early in the year when he tried to bring a friend into a team hotel and they find him. A woman. No, that was a family friend. That's now, what, what they say, but it was a woman. Okay, I'm okay. Factual. <laughs> and and then you lose your job and all that. So I, I we, but that wasn't the worst news for the Washington football team. The worst news was that news got out that the owner in 2009 settled a sexual harassment case for a tune of approximately 1.6 million. Mm-hmm. And guess who let the cat out of the bag? Because this was all under seal with confidentiality agreements. His 40% minority owners mm-hmm. is where the, then the story is coming from because they're going through a nasty court case because the minority owners don't want anything to do with Dan Snyder anymore and they want to sell their shares, but Dan Snyder doesn't want them to sell the shares or if they do, he wants to control who they sell the shares for and for how much. So this isn't the end because supposedly there are threats from somebody who represents the three minority owners that there's some stuff that they've got that Dan Snyder doesn't want to come to light. So this is the first time that Dan Snyder is directly connected to sexual harassment, potentially. Do you think this is either the final straw or very close to the final straw to the NFL having to push Daniel Snyder out of the majority ownership of the team and having sell sell Washington? I think it's the final straw. I think it's like I mean, this is about to be like another Donald Sterling, but only with the NFL. I mean, like we're in a climate right now where any type of especially sexual harassment, it's just not tolerated and in the Me Too movement and, and all of that, it's it's this is like and this is like only the what third or fourth time any sexual harassment type of news has come to the Washington franchise, which is shameful in itself. I think this is like, if not the final short, very close to it, where Goodell will have no choice but to have a meeting of like the board of governors or owners or whatever they call themselves and like force Snyder out or to uh, sell the team. He's not getting forced out. It's not up to Goodell, though. It'll definitely have to be those owners that come together Mm -hmm. and put him out. And the thing is, are they tired of it? But I can guarantee you there's some other owners who are entangled with some of this, this same mess. And maybe Snyder is like, look, if you you want me out, you gonna be out too. <laughs> so this is a chain reaction, right? Of things mm-hmm. that 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 get pushed. But see, we gotta remember the NFL is still this big multiple billion dollar corporation where they don't operate the same as other sports entities. So I know you brought up the NBA, but the thing is, is that this good old boy network is really fighting against the grain and and it's sexual harassment. I'm just being real now. I know we got women on here. Is sexual har- harassment really enough? For these good old boys to vote another owner out, just, just answer that question. Is it really? It's, not, it's probably not. It but it all depends if, if, there's, if there's enough that comes out about sexual harassment. Yes, it will make a difference. But one or two, nah, it ain't gonna happen. You gonna need more than more than one or two to make a difference for them to get uh, voted out. Mm. Trust me, what I tell you. 
it, it's not going to happen, guys. It, it takes 24 owners to, to, to force him to, to sell the team. It, trust me. And just what you just said, Professor Jay, he, these are billionaires and, and, and super millionaires we're talking about. They, you, can, you can best believe they got some, they got some skeletons and some mm-hmm. bones and some bodies. They got a whole bunch of stuff on their head, and it's not going to happen. They're, 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 once you're in that, once you're in that click, it's just it's very very difficult for for them to to get you out of there. And Goodell can't do it, so it's right. it's up to the owners. So mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. But that didn't save Jerry Richardson for similar accusations. Right, that's Carolina. And that's recent. Jerry mm-hmm. Richardson had reached his the end of the line. That was a. <laughs> Yeah, that's a different. Do you think owners get pressure from like the outside, like maybe like rumor you know, is the snot is getting close to reaching the end of the line with a lot of other owners. Okay, well that was my point, but it would take twenty four of them to be at the end of their rope with him. I think it's possible if the owners get you know pressure from you know the outside and if, if it affects their ticket sales, but because that's the it, thing. that pressure kind of died down in the last few months. I mean, yeah, with the pandemic and all, but but this might raise it back up. So yeah, so we will see. Keep keep tuned because the Washington Post is doing a great job. Uh, They they're after this. They're not letting this go. So we will see. So let's talk about some games real quick and move on. We talked about a lot of stuff. Game of the week. I didn't think he should play. Drew Brees looked horrible in the first quarter. Looked like he shouldn't been on the field, but he got going in the second half, put it together, made it very interesting. But Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, man, they just playing with people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At thirteen and one, they won seven games by six points or less this season. They just doing enough, just enough to win. We ain't got to kill ourselves. But losing it, losing Hilaire. Do y'all think that the Chiefs are ready to defend that championship? And how confident I, I feel better about New Orleans' chances after them seeing them play the Chiefs straight up, knowing that Breeze was coming back from multiple broken ribs, punching lung, and all that. It still gave the Chiefs all they wanted. Had he not been rusty, they would have pulled that game out. But to your question, are the Chiefs ready? I think they are ready because we've been saying this for weeks, that they have not really been tested, so they have not really had to play their best football. So I think now that it's becoming playoff time, Andy Reid is going to get that team ready to go. I still think that this is a preview that was a preview of the Super Bowl to come. I know Aaron Rodgers getting all hype because he don't think nobody can beat them in Lambeau and all that good stuff. But I just remember when old good old Michael Vick rolled up in there and he whooped up on him in Lambeau. So it's not impossible to do. And this is a better team, New Orleans, coming in there to face the Packers. But the Chiefs are a formidable opponent. They have weapons all over the place. And it's going to be tough to even take them out in, in a playoff scenario. I mean, I got them probably winning the whole thing again, but yeah, they, they, they've been toying with people. Yeah, I agree. I feel like they're definitely poised to defend their title. I think their mentality, especially with now the loss of a is like a next man up. So someone's going to step in that position and they're just going to keep that, keep that, uh, 
machine going. I want to uh, add. Uh, I'm sorry. I want to add Chris's uh, comment real quick. He said the Chiefs' biggest opposition is injury. So as long as they stay healthy, nobody gonna beat them. And I have to agree. Yeah, and and Hilaire, Clyde Hilaire, that injury is nothing because Le'Veon is actually better than him. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe Le'Veon straight because he looked like he was a little hobbled at the end of that game. Well, uh, well, if he's healthy, yeah, if he's healthy, I, I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't see that. So yeah. Yeah, he had that little face mask, and but he he was walking around, so I think he'd be all right. Okay. All right, so let's talk about two big surprises over the weekend. I mean, huge surprises, things that shouldn't have happened. Let's go ahead and start with Ed. Well, I wasn't surprised. I've told you guys. I, I told you guys. I, the the Bengals, the Bengals and the Steelers. With, with their third-string quarterback? Now, well, technically, he's the second string quarterback. He's not really. He, he started. He he was a starter last year. He's he's technically the second string quarterback. But what I'm all I'm saying is I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Um, the Bengals beat Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh after the Washington game, they had they have nothing left. Um, it's, and again, I I can't say this more any more than any other way than I've already said it. It's a it's a game of attrition, and Pittsburgh has finally lost the game of attrition, and they won't win another game this year. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you're saying so, the Cleveland Browns are going to win the AFC North? Yep. Yeah. I'll, I'll say it right now. Quite profound. That's absolutely. I agree. Yeah, they're wow. winning. Mm. Well, we can just move on from that because y'all yeah. heard it from the Steelers well, well, fan. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So, yeah. Because the war- Go ahead. Because, because there's so many issues. We don't have time. We don't have time for me to really, to really explain what's going, what's what's going on in Pittsburgh. But just the bottom line is, they won't win another game. The injuries are too much to to surmount, and and there's a philosophical change that needs to go on that's not going to occur this year. So, um, it's it's over. They're not going to. Real quick, Ed, but, but but real quick, Ed, let me just ask you this. So, you got your quarterback because last year you didn't have your quarterback. So you got your right. quarterback. You got your wide receivers. You mm-hmm. got quasi, quasi, some similar running back. And, and your defense hasn't really changed that much. I mean, you have I, one or two items, I mean, individuals who are not there. But no. the offense, where's your offense at? What's no, wrong with Big no. Ben? Come on, man. Talk first, to me. First of all, it's, it's, first of all, this team doesn't resemble anything like last year. The only thing, the only thing placed there improved this year is at the quarterback position, and it, re- it reflects in, this re- in their record. They have 11 wins. They had eight mm-hmm. wins last year, so that's a reflection of that. But last year they had zero injuries on that defense. Zero. They lost. They lost their Pro Bowl uh, uh, starting outside linebacker. They lost their first round draft pick, middle and 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 signal caller, um, middle linebacker, and his backup. Um, that's just on the defensive side. Their whole entire interior, their offensive line has been hurt this year. So, and they lost their first. They, they lost their starting right tackle the first game of the season. So all I'm saying is they benefited from an easy schedule to start, and then once the injuries start kicking in, it was too much to overcome. That's the bottom line. Okay. Right. Got a follow-up question. But that. this team, this team this year is nowhere near the health of last year because the only one who got hurt last year was the quarterback. Gotcha. Okay. I was going to um, just uh, ask, because this was uh, posed on um, First Take earlier, 
how much of that do you put on coaching? I'm not going to throw Tomlin under the bus. Um, if you've known me long enough, you know that me and him have a love hate relationship. Uh, but 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 I but he but he's a fine he's a fine coach. I don't necessarily think that um, I, he wouldn't necessarily be my flavor. But I, he's he's a great coach. I can't say he's not. Um, but I'm not going to put all this on Mike Tomlin. That's 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 that would be idiotic of me to do that. And and for anybody on first take saying that or even alluding to that would be idiotic. He has his faults. He has his flaws. And he's not perfect. He's not Belichick, but no one is. But I mean, let's 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 be honest. Um, he's still a he's still a good coach. No, it's the, the problem with Pittsburgh is not with Tomlin alone. Yeah, a couple of our, our listeners have basically said that Big Ben looks like with the cold and just the playing all the games that he just he, he's looking more and more like you know he's a shot player and. It's going to be interesting because y'all know Big Ben said he wanted to play next year because <laughs> he wouldn't get he wouldn't he wouldn't get that check. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To play. And he counts forty one million against the cap next year. So let's move on though, but we got to move on. The worst win of the season for the for an organization, not for the players, for organization, the New York Jets. Mm-mm-mm. Beat the pants off of the LA Rams. And the LA Rams were indicative of a lot of teams this past Sunday who just showed up to games against supposed inferior teams and didn't come to play and either lost or almost lost those games. So, but I want to talk about the game. I want to talk about what do you think the organization of the Jets is thinking? Now that they've lost the rights to the number one pick, and mm-hmm. I don't think the Jaguars are going to win any of their last two games. Fire <laughs> Gase. Well, we knew the- Gase, they was keeping Gase on so they wouldn't win, and the fool messed around and won. So he couldn't even do what they wanted him to do. Yeah, but the problem is, if you was going, they should have fired Gase five games ago because he has they, they he knows he's not going to be there next year, so. It's, he don't care if Trevor Lawrence goes to Jacksonville, uh, <laughs> wherever else. He doesn't care. He's not going to do them no solids. He's trying to win the football game for him. He can care less about the Jets organization at this point. If they really wanted to secure Trevor Lawrence, they should have fired Gase. They already, they, I mean, they did fire the defensive coordinator, but mm-hmm. that's who they should have installed. Something like keep Greg Williams, fire Gase, piss the whole team off, there you go. First round pick. Uh, first number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence. But it's they shouldn't have kept Gates. Yeah, no. Nah. There's always Justin Fields, though. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Ohio State. You seen Justin Fields play the mm. last couple of games? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ohio State quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I say mm-hmm. that in general. <laughs> if, they, if they stay at number two, they need to trade down and hope somebody else falls in love with either Justin Fields or that. Uh, tackle out of Oregon who they say is a potential Hall of Famer that sat out this year. But that's just, that's just a horrible win for the organization, not for the players. Players out there, they putting tape out for next year because they know most of them ain't going to be with the Jets either. Mm-hmm. In the funnest game that I saw over the weekend, you had the battle of the OU Young Guns, the Cardinals against the Eagles, 
a shootout to the very last play with Kyler Murray coming up on top of rookie Jalen Hurts, 33-26. But again, Murray was a monster, 400 yards, Mm. counted for four TDs. Jalen Hurts was a monster. Jalen Hurts had 338 yards. He counted for four TDs. But that's even the big issue. What does Philly do now? (laughs) Because before the game, (laughs) it's sleep to Adam Schefter. And you know Schefter ain't getting no bull jive. That your boy says he ain't going to be no backup. Mm. They're going to get rid of him. They're going to have to get rid of him. They're going to have to get rid of him. Nobody wants him. Who's going to pick him up? Yeah. His contract is Take that L. This game disgusted me. I I (laughs) Seriously, this this game, it was was so good. This game Mm. was so good, and I was watching Jalen Hurts, and all I kept thinking is back in April when I was begging – uh, the black and gold to draft Jalen. Yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah, but but it, but it, it, anyway, uh, Carson Wentz is gone. Yeah, they'll eat, to they're going to eat. They're going to eat that money. Yeah, they're going to eat it. They look. NFL teams have done. They've eaten worse. I mean, they've done financially. They've done worse things. Obviously, Jalen can operate behind a horrible offensive line. Horrible. I mean, horrible. And if he can operate under a horrible offensive line with suspect weapons. They got a pretty decent running back, but suspect mm-hmm. weapons on the outside. Um, th- look, there's nothing. Th- sky's the limit. Jalen's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. He's ch- he's cheap. He's a second round pick, remember? So mm-hmm. he's dirt cheap. Um, he, you know, he's you know he's coachable. He's mature. He's the opposite of Dwayne Haskins. We just talking about Dwayne. He's definitely the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been a winner everywhere he went. From high school, both colleges he attended, to, and now the NFL, Wentz is gone. So he, yeah. he can he can he can float them little rumors to Adam Schefter all he wants. Good. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was probably thinking you made that you made our job easier. That was the yeah. wrong town to do that in, too. <laughs> yes. If you want a fan base to turn against you, yeah, mm-hmm. and I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree, Morgan. The perfect place for him is Indy to go back with his old offensive coordinator. Maybe he can fix him, and he would be an upgrade over the old man they got currently paying. Oh no, that old man is playing in the playoffs right now. Yeah, Rivers is still horrible, man. Once we get into the playoffs, come on now, come on now. Who would you rather have? Hold up, hold up. And Wentz is a stalwart in the playoffs. Right. Who would you rather have? (laughs) I'm saying anybody can recuperate. Bring him back. That's the guy. He's gonna be well, why not just get somebody right younger? That's not that's not injury prone. Right. Hmm. They're gonna really? have a lot of money. I would take them. Both of their quarterbacks mm-hmm. I would. are making one the backups making 18 this year, and the old man's making 25. So they got the room. What about the Patriots? Mm. Oh, that they'll take them because Cam moving on. I mean, he they already to even took an injury-prone uh, rehab project <laughs> in town. Like, why would you pick up another one? That just doesn't make sense. Because you Plus, think he, he can throw the ball and they can fix him. Yeah, but he's not mm-hmm. hard enough for Belichick. He'll get <laughs> Belichick. 
He, yeah. his, his, his mind ain't strong. I mean, he, he no, nah, he fragile. He, Another he, check he will chew him up and spin him out. Yeah, right he can't handle. He can't handle New England. Hey, Chris, talent don't matter if you can't stay on the field. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares how talented he is? And it, it says he's mentally a little soft because every mm. time someone seems to threaten him, he, he, he doesn't like it. Let's move on. Um, quiet as is kept. Lamar Jackson, we're not going to spend a lot on this. Lamar's starting to look more like last year's Lamar the last three games. Even after going to the ba- having to take a break and go to the bathroom and you know relieve relieve himself, Lamar Jackson putting up big numbers. The Ravens got to win the last two games to make sure they get into the playoffs. But I think the Ravens, if they get in, they're gonna be a problem for people. Still a deep threat. I don't see it. Nah, he's too much still. of a one trick pony still. And yeah, people, yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree. Okay, I need to see that arm a little bit more. Yeah, playoffs. It's a different animal. Yeah, the mm-hmm. last team in the AFC, I just got to talk about this, and not much about the game, even though the Titans dominated the Lions. Did y'all see what Derrick Henry did? Yeah. Again. Josh Norman, <laughs> glad about that. Yeah, get somebody else on that highlight reel. Leave me alone. Oh, and the memes on social media with that are hilarious. There's one that says... <laughs> Talking about if you've been a victim of a Derrick Henry stiff arm, you might be eligible for for funds. <laughs> Not the stimulus package. <laughs> it is crazy, but the he didn't have to do that. That guy was a practice squad player that they just brought up, Alex Maris, and what he did to them was just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But quietness is kept. Derrick Henry's only 321 yards away from hitting 2,000 this year with two more games, and he went 200 uh, against um, – they're going to play um, the Texans. So he's got a chance at that. But Ryan Tannehill has put up 3,500 yards – 31 TDs and only five interceptions this year. Mm. That's impressive. Respectable for sure. Yeah. It's, easy to throw, it's easy to throw against man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is. They, they, got, they got eight, nine, ten players. They got nine players in the box every game. He, hey, he, he never, that, that's they, a formula. They, they never have the, – none of them receivers ever double cover. They, they can't double cover them. If it ain't broke. <laughs> Hey. I just I'm not sold on Tannehill. I know everybody likes okay. Tannehill and whatnot, but okay. I just with Derrick Henry it made Tannehill. So so okay. let me yeah, I was getting ready to say, Ed, so what would you rather have? Would you rather have Derrick Henry shoot, I mean, going for two hundred, or would you rather Tannehill trying to throw for three hundred and win Derrick the game? Henry's Derrick Henry's a successful uh recipe for success. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Bills are doing their thing, and the Bills also formidable in the AFC. The NFC. Mafia. The Packers, they landed in three. But if y'all watch the game Sunday in the second half, the Packers got punched in the mouth by the Panthers. Anytime they play a physical team or a team gets physical with them, they back down. Right. And guess who's coming to town this Sunday? 
Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. Should be a good game. Mm-hmm. So the New Orleans Saints might not be out of the race for that number one seed. Just saying. Mm-hmm. We shall see. Last but not least, and y'all can look up the other ones. Did y'all see the Buccaneers <laughs> lay a freaking egg the first half? <sighs> <laughs> and then Atlanta, Tom, man. Atlanta. And Tom came on in the <laughs> Told the coach, stop. I'm going to run the offense in the second half. <laughs> yeah. The about, yeah. About time. <laughs> yeah. I don't see that marriage lasting. No, no. Mm-mm. Bruce might be out of there. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> going to have to go at the end of this year because that ain't working. Yeah. Because he trying to play that he 50. Yeah. <laughs> that ain't gonna work. <laughs> but again, they was playing Atlanta. They was playing Atlanta, so there was no surprise that Tampa Bay won the game. I mean, That's really, true. Atlanta I knows how you. to give a game away. I hear. You. That's mm-hmm. cool. They've done that That's multiple cool. times. That's it's cool, real. That's real yeah. talk, bro. Twenty-five point lead. Mm-hmm. So week week sixteen is full of great games this weekend. Starting off Christmas Day, they're actually trying to go head-to-head against the NFL a little bit. You got the Vikings at the Saints. Mm-hmm. Vikings lose, they're out of there. They've eliminated from the playoffs, and the Saints need to keep it. winning to Kirk try to get that number one seed. Kirk ain't going to do it. So that's Friday. Saturday, you got the 49ers at the Cardinals, which is a definite in- elimination game at 430. Cardinals. So you got the, the, you got the Dolphins at the Raiders, another elimination game at 8-15. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That might be halfway decent depending on what quarterback Mariota. is playing for the Ravens. Yeah, yeah Mariota looked good for the yeah. Raiders. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. <laughs> then you come in Sunday, Colts and Steelers. So two old men battling to keep things going. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the big game. Cold. That's, a, that's a dud. Blue and white. Ice bath game. I'm not even watching that game. <laughs> oh, stop lying, Ed. You <laughs> Just stop it. <laughs> you got the Giants and the Ravens. Can Lamar keep it going and, and eliminate oh, wow. the Giants from the NFC lease? Bird's going, you know, doo-doo on them. Panthers mm-hmm. at Washington. Can Washington Ooh, win the game and win nice the NFC? Right. If we win, we clinch. Right. That's going to be a nice one. Mm-hmm. Who's who going to quarterback the, red, the, uh, the Washington club? Can Alex Smith is Alex Smith be healthy enough do. to play? Because Haskins might be suspended. Yes. Yeah, right. And he should. He might have to sign up a quarterback from the practice squad. What's my man named Mendez? Yeah. Yeah. He already yeah. yeah. That's a good look. <laughs> <laughs> You got your Eagles at the Cowboys. And Jalen Hurts put the Come fork on, in the Cowboys and put them Cow out of their misery. Girl. Come on, Whoever Bird. loses mm-hmm. is eliminated. Rams and Seahawks for the battle of the NFC West title. And then Seahawks. the night game, as we said earlier, Seahawks. Titans at Packers. And then Monday night, you got the Bills at the Patriots. So good, good, good Bills. weekend for NFL. Yeah, they all smash the Patriots. They should. Please, Washington win. <laughs> mm-hmm. So now we got to, you know, get into this college football real quick. We had championship weekend, and for the most part, the games went how they're supposed to go. Pretty much. Even though in the Big Ten championship, Northwestern gave Ohio State everything they wanted and more, 
and had Justin Fields a little confused most of the game. So should have won that game. If it wasn't for transfer Trey Sermon, who oh, rushed for three hundred thirty-one mm, yards and mm. two TDs, <clears throat> mm-hmm. Ohio State would have lost that game. Mm-hmm. ACC championship. I, I'm sorry, really? Professor. So nah, really? don't don't be. But don't some, be. Notre Dame's a good team, and this was a year. But unfortunately, when it sometimes it's the X's and the O's. But when it's games like this, it's the Johnnies and the Joes. And unfortunately, Notre Dame just doesn't have enough those five star, top four star athletes throughout their roster to compete with Clemson each and every week. So, great year. Nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, that is what it is. The surprise was Bama and Florida. Yeah, I wasn't expecting Florida to run up uh, as many points as they did. That was... And the big boys on both sides of the offense put Mm. together a show. I know. Talk, Talk to me a little bit about, you know, what what you saw in this game? I saw a Bama team up 35. Um, I guess they was leading by 17, I believe, at halftime. And I think that they – I don't want to say they stopped playing, but they didn't score in the third quarter. So they saw that 17-point lead dwindle to the third, to a three-point lead. But uh, what I saw was I saw a Florida team that has five stars, that has four stars, and they have a good, a great coach. Dan Mullen had proved proved himself at Mississippi State, um, and I just thought that you know Bama's defense, um, as far as they, they have a lot of youth in that defense. Um, they have as far as their secondary and their their linebackers, and even their defensive line. They have a, a tremendous amount of youth that plays, and I just think that um, they just had to go through it. You know, they had to go through it. But um, the linebacking core uh, that the, the, the senior leadership on the defensive side of the ball isn't the same as the senior leadership on the offensive side of the ball for Bama. And I think that, um, and I don't know if it's a physical thing because Dylan Moses, I don't know if it's his knee. He's still feeling the effects of a knee injury that he suffered last year. I don't know. Um, but again, it was a, it was a great game. Um, and I didn't expect Florida to just lay down. I, I just, I didn't, I didn't see that happening. I hear you. I hear you. So you had the Big 12, Oklahoma ran off six w- wins in a row after losing their first two games. So they beat Iowa State 27-21. And then Oregon upset UFC. Oregon wasn't even supposed to be in the game. The University mm-hmm. of Washington was supposed to be in the game, but they had to – they couldn't play because of COVID. So mm-hmm. they put Oregon in, and Oregon put it on USC. So we get to bowl selection, and you have Alabama – only undefeated team, big power five undefeated team. Let me correct that. Mm-hmm. Number one, Clemson with the victory over Notre Dame moved up to number two. You had Ohio State, which they've been doing everything they can to get into these playoffs with their just six games, moving mm-hmm. to number three. And number four, Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people thought that maybe Texas and them based on them winning seven straight SEC games and finishing the SEC nine and one 
should have gotten them into the playoffs. But how did y'all feel? Did you think they got the right four? Mm, no. No. I, I think they got I think they got Alabama, Notre Dame, and Clemson right. And I, but I have a problem with no, I have a problem with a team playing six games and and being in and 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 every rule that you can possibly that we can possibly come up with in this this show that we have has been uh, set aside for Ohio State. I just think that Texas A and M with the body of work they had was more deserving. And I know that they have a Big Ten championship, uh, Ohio State, but I just think that you had to you have to look at six games versus ten or nine games. It's just just no comparison. I just don't I don't think you reward teams for not playing. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, because here's my biggest issue with this scenario. If Ohio State is that team and they're as good as everybody that roots for them thinks that they are, they would be a fresher team going into the playoffs yeah. than the other yeah. teams that have been battling, especially in the SEC. So if they were to pull off winning a title, Man, how big of an asterisk did that be? Because you only played six games coming in. And the second team that I can't agree with, and it's my team, it's Notre Dame. I think just the way that they play in big-time moments against big-time teams across the country, they should not be represented here in this college football playoff. I think Alabama is going to do more of the same that Clemson just did. And Mm -hmm. to me... A A&M team going up against Bama would have been a better show because they've seen each other before, and I just think it would have been an overall better game. I think if you get blown out the way that you do in a championship game, even with one loss, that says a lot about the team that you have going into a playoff. So I think two of those teams should have been out. So who would have been my fourth team in if you take Ohio State and Notre Dame out? Man, I would just have to sit back and think about that. But certainly, I don't think a six-win team or a team that gets blown out in a, a conference championship should be. What's your thoughts, Seth? Yeah, I mean, I'm in agreement with uh, Prof and Ed. Like, I mean, Notre Dame, I just don't feel like they, you know, performed well enough in my eyes to to make the top four. And with Ohio State, I mean, it's definitely an asterisk because even though it was due to situations beyond their control, you still have to rules the rules. So, I mean, you, you just got to kind of go, you know, with the way it's um, being played. So I would have uh, – I just would have inserted two teams in, in place of that. What two teams? Um, definitely a and I'm, I'm in agreement with that. Um, the last – I mean, me, but I would say Oklahoma. So you would put a two-loss Oklahoma in over an undefeated Cincinnati? Hey, Cincinnati. I mean, mean, if we didn't have this shortened uh, college football schedule, a lot of these teams wouldn't even be in the rankings. And that's yes. what I was getting ready to say. And I we wouldn't actually put talked Cincinnati about over Notre Dame. We actually <laughs> talked about this North last Carolina, week. Carolina, Coastal Carolina, none of them. Go ahead, J3. I was getting ready to say, we actually talked about this last week with the with the way the rules were written and because of the short season, I mean, you had to put, you had to select some teams. And unfortunately, all the teams didn't play the, the number of games that other teams played. So if you go by the records, then again, the four that are there should be there. Okay. 
So you've got the Rose Bowl, which is normally played in California, sunny California, which will now be played in Jerry's World in Arlington, Texas. Number one, <laughs> Alabama. Yeah, Jerry ain't missing no money. Yeah, he loving that. Not a, not a pity. You take me off of Sunday night football and Monday night football? I'm going to get my money from college. <laughs> right. So you got number one Alabama against number four Notre Dame in a rematch of the 2013 BCS championship. No, you had and to. We, and we remember what happened in that game. That wasn't Go ahead, Big Reds. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> And that's going to be uh, January 1st. I believe that game is at 4 o'clock p.m. And then in the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans, number two Clemson with the number three Ohio State in a rematch of last year's college football semifinal where Clemson beat Ohio State in a thriller. So those are your two big games. Before we get out of here um, on college football, real quick, Ed, um, what's your quick breakdown of the Heisman Trophy finalists that you think will um, be selected? I think they get picked, what, uh, tomorrow? Uh, Christmas it? Eve. Thursday. Christmas Eve at 7.30, yes. Um, I, so the favorites are, according to Vegas odds, is uh, wide receiver Devontae Smith from Alabama, quarterback Mac Jones from Alabama, uh, quarterback Kyle Trask from Florida, and quarterback Trevor Lawrence from Clemson with an outside shot of Najee Harris running back from Alabama also in the mix. Um Right now, you have you have Devonte Smith, which is which is would be only the third time a wide receiver would actually receive the award, which has become a quarterback award as, as of late. Um, he's leading; he's for number one across the board in t- receiving touchdowns, total yards, and receptions for uh, the entire uh, uh, Power Five conferences. Mac Jones, he leads the; um, he's number one in passing rating, and actually, he's threatening Joe Burrow's uh, record. Um, then we also have Kyle Trask, who's also leading the, the entire football uh, Power Five conference in yards, touchdowns. Um, and then you have the, the preseason favorite, Trevor Lawrence, who missed games due to COVID. Um, my pick is Devontae Smith. I believe that they're going to finally give it to another uh, wide receiver, which will be the first time since uh, a DMV draft choice. Uh, Desmond Howard was uh, um, awarded the trophy. Mm-hmm. I think Devontae has by far been the most outstanding player in it in college football this year, especially when uh, Alabama's other number one receiver went down. What was it, game three of the year? Four. I so believe. he's been double teamed for at least seven games. Teams have tried to take him out of the game, and he still figures out a way. He's been averaging over 10 catches per game and still scoring one to two touchdowns a game. So he's just had a monster game. Plus he had a punt return for a touchdown. I mean, mm-hmm. but I think Alabama's going to split because they've got three possible contenders, which will give Kyle Trask from Florida to Heisman. Oh. Mm-hmm. 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 Wow. That'd be tough. That's just my take on it. Wow. That's just Ooh. my take on it. Y'all think somebody else going to win it? I would like to receive it to get it. Like, you know, the third since Tim Brown and uh, Desmond Howard. Speak now. Let's move to the takes. J3, Professor. 
Hey man. Well, I said Mac Jones. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to say, man. Uh I, I don't have a I I'm not even gonna uh decide because it's just hard to say. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, you know as a Bama fan, I would love to see one of the boys from Bama do get get their propers. Cause if you think about it, you got the number one running back in the country scoring the most touchdowns. The number one wide receiver scoring the most touchdowns and a quarterback that nobody expected to do what they do. Somebody from the team should get it. But again, I think that's going to split the votes and allow trash to fall in there. All right, professor, it's time for your takes before we get to, you know, things to caught our eye. You ready? I'm ready. Let's, Let's get it. All right. So in the spirit of piling on, because I shall, Let's get to the NFL. This is so WTF. I don't care if Dwayne Haskins is from this area. In fact, I wish some other area would claim him. He must be a little out of his mind. This dude was at a strip club without a mask on Sunday following the team's loss to the Seahawks. Was he sulking or celebrating? I just don't understand the mentality of this cat, as many of us have given him the benefit of the doubt. What a selfish act knowing that if Smith is not healthy enough to play and he could get suspended, that the team could be in the hands of an unknown quarterback with the playoffs on the line. This seems like a WTFFU. Dan is not the man. 1.6 million reasons why the NFL owners need to take action and vote Daniel Snyder out. News has surfaced that Snyder settled a sexual misconduct claim against him in 2009 for $1.6 million. In a settlement, he has denied any personal wrongdoing but accepts full responsibility for the culture. Are any of us stupid, fellas? The culture <laughs> starts with you, Dan. If you are paying for the wrongdoing of others after 20 years of ownership, then that means that they were just following your lead. Just sell the team already. You would have all free time in the world to hang with your tum, your chum, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Rocker by Juju. Sorry <laughs> for the salt in the wounds, still a nation. But did you see Juju Smith-Schuster get absolutely blown to bits by Von Bick? It was all good dancing on the opposing team's logo week in and week out until someone actually did something about it. Now mm. Coach Tomlin wants to talk to him about his antics. Juju is lucky he wasn't a factor anymore in that game. I am sure players would have gladly taken a personal foul penalty or two to send a solid message. That hit had pundits of you got jacked up. Missed that segment for sure. <laughs> he will be feeling that for the rest of his career. A sight for weary eyes. SoFi Stadium and it is the newest marvel of an NFL stadium with every fresh and state-of-the-art accolade. It has been described with the most wonderful words. Yet for Myrna Otiveros, wife of Juan Becerra, who died while working on the construction of the stadium, the moment she laid her eyes on this stadium for the first time was only bitter and more heartbreaking. He fell 120 feet to his death inside the stadium. No one knows what really happened and why he fell to his death. Myrna has a wrongful death lawsuit pending against the NFL. He is also left behind a five-year-old son named Juan Jr. 
please remember this family in your prayers. To the NBA, verbal beard nastics. So James Harden is getting into altercations with so-called teammates in practice. Let the circus continue. This seems to be the next step in the playbook called get me out of town or I will burn your franchise to the ground. He has made it known for a long time since Dan Tony's departure that he was unhappy and he wanted to be traded. Harden is coming off like a petulant brat. This team was formed around him and to his liking. He wanted total control of the team on the floor with his own guys and style of play. Be a man and admit that it didn't work. Your individual accolades came with a price. Now you want to pull a KD and join a ready-made powerhouse so you can sneak a championship. Asterisk on his jersey, please. Let that be your scarlet letter. KDs. So Kevin Durant returns tonight. I doubt anyone in Golden in a Golden State uniform or organization will really be happy to see him. In fact, I would love to see a face-off between he and Draymond Green. I think it would be as icy and cold as Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen. Still, it is must-see TV. The Nets are riding a wave of hype, and they're going a long, and they'll be a long way away from hoisting the title, especially with more dominant teams in the West. Down to NCAA men's basketball. Florida Gators forward Keontae Johnson has been released from the hospital. This is a story that we will continue to follow because of his recent history with COVID-19 and the unknown after effects of the virus on the human body, especially the heart. There is still no official word of what caused him to collapse on the court. Aside from his promising career, we are glad that he is home for the holidays and pray that more definitive answers are given towards his medical health and future playing the sport that he loves. Men's NCAA football. My nerves are just jacked. <laughs> January 1 is supposed to be filled with joy and promise of a new year, but I keep having nightmares from the national <laughs> championship of 2013 when Alabama manhandled their boat race Notre Dame to the tune of 42 to 14. <laughs> Admittedly, this Notre Dame team is better, but unfortunately, so is the Tide. This is the reason I would have been fine with Notre Dame not making the playoffs because I knew they would come in as a fourth seed and have to face Alabama. Sometimes it is better to take your lumps and go home instead of being led to the slaughter. Anyone want to talk me down? <laughs> nah, I didn't think so. I'm laughing. To the NHL. Standing on our heads and clapping our skates. Prayers for Hendrick Lundquist, goalie for the Washington Capitals. Initial reaction was to feel duped by the Caps' latest addition to the team. This future Hall of Famer was to be an upgrade at the position, even though it hurts to say that because of Hobies, who clearly was not the same goalie after the Caps hoisted the Stanley Cup. Lundquist has a heart condition that requires more testing and evaluation. We wish him well and hope that he can resume his career in a Washington Capitals uniform. And to the UFC, ladies rule. I know that we have a ton of good fights between now and March, but March 6th is the only date that gets me excited. Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson will finally be a reality. This fight had to be rebooked for this date. It is supposed to take place. It was supposed to take place on December 12th. Nunes is pound for pound. And finally, 
won me over after she soundly defeated Cyborg. I am looking forward to this one, and it should be, and it should come with lots of fireworks. And those are your post takes. Over to you, Big Ridge. A couple other things that caught our eye. As far as boxing goes, you had two of the biggest names in boxing fight this past weekend on Friday. Triple G easily beat uh, Ceramita with a seventh-round TKO to retain his IBF middleweight title at 160. Then on Saturday, Canelo Alvarez dominated Callum Smith. It was a unanimous decision, but after the second round, Canelo beat this man from pillar to post. Not only did he beat him, giving up six inches in height and like four inches in reach, he even detached the man's bicep on his left arm. Canelo purposely started Mm. hitting him in the left arm in the first round because one of his favorite moves was when you throw a punch, he catch it with the left and then counter. So Canelo just beat the left arm down so he couldn't use it. (laughs) (laughs) An old bet move. So, but after the fight, everybody asked Canelo, will we see a Triple G Canelo rematch? And Canelo said, I'm more concerned about, you know, putting all these belts together 168, and I'm not even thinking about Triple G. So we'll see where that goes. UFC's last bout of the of the year, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson defeated Jeff Neal by unanimous decision, and also future Hall of Famer Jose Aldo gets a victory finally after losing his last three matches over Marlon Barrera. But the big news was former NFL player turned UFC heavyweight Greg Hardy got knocked up out <laughs> in the second round <laughs> losing to Martin Tybur. So I think it's time Greg Hardy realized it, it was all fun and games when he was fighting them bums in the UFC. Now he's fighting some real fighters. He lasted better than that NBA dude. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Got to give a congratulation to the Georgetown Hoyas and my man Patrick Ewan. They got their first five-star recruit since 2014. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hoyas win. Pat's first five-star recruit, local prospect, 6'3 shooting guard, Amino Muhammad, who's actually playing this year at the Greenwood Laboratory School in Missouri because his school's not playing in this area because of COVID. He chose the Hoyas over Georgia. Ewan now has five commits for the 2021 class featuring Muhammad, Two four-star recruits, Jordan Riley and Ryan Matumbo. And, yes, that is the son of Dikembe. No, no, no. Two three-star recruits, Jalen Billingsley and Tyler Beard. So, hopefully, he can bring in the troops in enough time for him to keep his job because it's getting a little ugly in Georgetown Mm -hmm. with them losing a lot lately. The NHL and NHLPA agreed to a fixed – 56-game all-division season with a one-year special realignment. And just to break this out for you guys, they're going to have four divisions, a north, which are all Canadian teams, a south, a east, and a west, and they're only going to play games in their division. So they're trying to eliminate how much travel each team does they're even talking about maybe the first and second round of the playoffs will only be division games until they can possibly COVID be better for the finals and the championship series, or maybe they have to do a bubble situation. 
The big talk in golf this past weekend was the Woods, but it wasn't Tiger. 11-year-old Tiger's 11-year-old son, Charlie Woods, stole the show, showing his just-like-dad's golf swing and was able to help Tiger and him come seventh in the father and son PNC championship. Tiger, I mean, Charlie was by far the youngest participant at 11. I think the next youngest was like 15 or 16. The boys got game. If y'all can check out some of the highlights, his mannerisms are so much like his dad. It's scary. The way he stands, his golf swing. He even gave a fist pump on a birdie. So we might have another superstar coming. And last but not least, I'd like to uh, let everyone know that we're actually going to have a special show tomorrow evening, 7 p.m. We're calling this the post-boxing year in a review show. So for all you boxing fans out there, we're going to do a special show this tomorrow live, and it'll be up on the pages. So if you want to join us, please tune in. We've got some uh, boxing fans like myself coming in to talk about it. And then we finish up the week. So we're going to give you three shows this week with the final post-power play fantasy football show of the season since it's it's championship week for all the fantasy games this Thursday at 7 p.m. So post is hitting you hard right before Christmas, three times, day after day after day. All right, fellas, it's time for the final post of the evening. Since what you got for me? Um, just wanted to give a quick shout out to Markel Fultz. Um, I think this was a true story of redemption with him getting that fifty million dollar extension. Um, just shows what you can do when you persevere. So plus he's a hometown kid, so I'm really happy for him. Good stuff, since I, yeah, that was a, I, I was happy to see that he was able to salvage his career and is now has got a, an extension and is doing good things down in Orlando. Ed, what you got for me? Um, I want to say rest in peace to number 91, Kevin Green, who passed away at the age of 58 this, uh, the other yesterday, actually. Uh, so rest in peace. I uh, hope his family is fine. Okay. Um, uh, also, uh, I want to wish everybody a, a happy holidays. Um, whatever you choose to do, please be safe about it. Um, and that's all I have. Professor, what you got for me? Yeah, it took mine. I was going to do Kevin Green. But in all seriousness, folks, we're entering into the Christmas season, the holiday, Kwanzaa, and a new year. And the numbers are staggering that we're going to get hit with another wave of COVID deaths, COVID sicknesses. January is already not looking good. Please protect yourself. Wear your mask, wash your hands, wear gloves if you need to. You don't need to travel. Stay home. My family, we're doing Zoom. It's not what we want, but we want to be able to live life like it used to be and get back to some sense of normalcy. But we can't do that if people keep dying, being irresponsible, and getting sick. So I'm praying for all of you guys. Happy holidays. Appreciate that, Professor. J3. Yeah, I just want to say again, uh, like Ed and everyone else, I just want to say a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And uh, one of the things that I want to say is for all of you all who know people that are suffering from, from mental health issues, 
try to give them a hand and, and, and give them some guidance and some, some education and, and some, uh, some wisdom so that they can get the, uh, the help and the aid that they need. Merry Christmas again. Good stuff, J3. I'd like to continue the theme. Wish everybody a happy holidays. Please be safe to a family out there that may be traveling to go see family. Please do that safely. Take your time. Get to and fro safely. And as Professor says, be careful. Mask up. Glove up if necessary. Take your time. It's better to drive than to fly and be on a crowded plane. If you have to go somewhere, it's best to just stay at home and do a Zoom Christmas. It's not fun, but it's better to do a Zoom Christmas in 2020 than to possibly not have the people in 2021 to do the Zoom Christmas with. So be smart, be safe, take care of yourself. Happy holidays, however you decide to celebrate that. We appreciate y'all. We'll be back next Tuesday. 7 p.m. Hit you in the face again with our sports takes. Get ready for the new year. We appreciate y'all for tuning in each and every week. We thank you. If you have any comments, anything that you'd like to suggest, please hit us up on our social media sites, Positional Sports Talk Show, YouTube, Positional Sports, on Facebook and on Instagram. We'd greatly appreciate any feedback you can provide. Please tell your friends, friends and family members, if you enjoyed the show, to check us out. We'd appreciate it. It's time to get out of here. Everybody enjoy. Have a happy, happy holidays. Be safe. This has been the Positional Sports Talk Show. We love y'all. Peace. Bless you. Amen. And you be safe.